Is this normal? It's probably nothing serious. Maybe I'll feel better tomorrow. Emergency symptoms can be good at hiding. That's why you shouldn't ignore symptoms like chest pain, high fever, trouble breathing, or severe stomach pain. They could be a medical emergency in disguise. Thankfully, an Eastside ER is ready to serve you 24-7 with fast wait times and dedicated ER experts so we can quickly help turn your questions into answers. Visit eastsidemedical.com. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Gwinnett Business Radio. Gwinnett Business Radio is cared for by Eastside Medical Center, providing quality care to Gwinnett County and the greater Atlanta area for over 38 years. And Logan, everybody, greetings and salutations. My name is Stephen Julian. Yes, I'm flying solo today. Well, kind of, sort of, not quite, almost. Uh, we've had a little bit of a, a sickness bug come through uh, Business Radio X. Uh, our normal producer, Trey, is out today, so Mike is behind the desk making sure I sound passably good. Uh, and he's on the mic if I get I, in too much trouble. Oh, look, I there he is. I did not realize how hard this job was to make you sound good. <laughs> so Mike told me before the show, I won't come on. Uh, I'll just let you fly solo. So clearly, 45 seconds in. Uh, I've already uh, dismantled the show enough for Mike to jump on the microphone. Uh, but Mike is uh, producing today. I am flying solo. I have a wonderful guest, Dr. Josh Bellman from Eastside Urgent Care. We're going to get to him in just a little bit. But I want to remind everybody that Gwinnett Business Radio does come to you from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios. Love is what makes a Subaru a Subaru. All of our listeners can get big savings and enjoy their hassle-free experience at Subaru of Gwinnett, where people sell cars. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com. Join their family today or come in and see the difference. Work with their service department. Become a Subaruist. Follow Subaru of Gwinnett on all kinds of social media. And like I said, go to their website, SubaruofGwinnett.com. But I am thrilled to be cared for by Eastside Medical Center, and that includes the Eastside Urgent Care, which means Dr. Josh Bellman, who is the Medical Director of Eastside Urgent Care, is here with us. Dr. Bellman, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? We are doing great. Uh, we do not need to go to urgent care. Uh, our producer might need to <laughs> soon, uh, but that's yet to be determined. Uh, Eastside Urgent Care, um, we are cared for by uh, Eastside Medical Center. That includes the urgent care. The Ur uh, Eastside Urgent Care opened its first location in 2017, and you yep. guys already have four locations. We do. First off, let's deal with the most obvious questions. Where are the urgent care centers located? Well, thank you very much this morning, and it's good to be with you guys this morning. Um, but our four locations are located in Lilliburn, Snellville, Grayson, and Lawrenceville. And we do have a fifth one coming up soon. Wow. Hot off the presses. We'll be going to Loganville very soon. So Gwinnett Business Radio has gotten a scoop. We've Just don't a, tell anybody. <laughs> no, that's the whole point. You're supposed to tell people. <laughs> uh, so fifth location in, in Loganville. And let me start by, normally we start when we do these interviews, we say, hey, tell everybody about what you guys do. So I'm going to ask you, tell everybody what makes an urgent care center an urgent care? What, what is the difference between an urgent care and a hospital or an urgent care and an ER? I'll let you decide exactly what differences you want to point out. But what makes an urgent care an urgent care center? Sure. Yeah, it's it's been a growing level of business over the past you know decade and it's kind of been finding its niche i kind of place it between the primary care setting and the the hospital or the emergency room um, and that being said it does want to be different it's not it's not a small emergency room and it's also not just your primary care's office so it is kind of between the two and it's really set up for times when you have an illness scrapes cuts things you need to see your primary care for but let's just say you can't really get an office visit 
within a couple weeks and need to see someone relatively soon, that's kind of where a good location for the urgent care is. Are there some capacities and capabilities inside of an or inside of some urgent care centers that I wouldn't be able to get at my primary care? Because at the primary care, it's an exam room, and right. maybe they draw blood and do a couple of other things. Right. But there are some things at urgent care that they can do that specifically you couldn't get at a primary care. Yeah, a lot of times when it comes to simple laceration repairs, incision and drainage, you'll see you have an abscess. Um, you need antibiotics within a, a day or two. Um, those type of things that urgent care is really is poised to, to do well. Asthma is another good example, asthma exacerbations. Um, things that can be generally dealt with in the outpatient clinic, but at the same time don't really require a full hospitalization. That's kind of where the urgent care is. And the other side of the coin is thinking of it from the sides of like the emergency room. Um, a lot of times if you can't see your primary care, you're sick, you, you, the option you have after hours or even on the weekends is to go to the hospital or the emergency room. And a lot of times that really clogs them up so that it's really busy. So that's, again, where the urgent care really shines is for your coughs, your colds, your congestions, asthma exacerbations, simple lacerations. Um, even if you fall, twist your ankle, we have the x-ray capability. We can test you for flu and strep. Um, and a lot of times it's a good just general outpatient management with a little bit more stuff that we can do that makes it so it's, you don't just have to go to the hospital. I like that phrase, outpatient management. I think that kind of encapsulates a lot mm. of what you said. You also talked about uh, a lot of times if it's after normal office hours, before urgent care started rising in popularity and locations, emergency room was kind of your only option. Uh, as far as east side urgent care, are all four, do they have the same hours? And if so, what are those hours? Yeah, good question. So basically we are um, 8 to 8, Monday through Friday, so 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. On the weekends, we are 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. So that handles, I would say, about 90% of the scenario. And then if it's yeah. after that, that's really what the emergency room is for, is far after hours, right? Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of the, uh, you know, if you're at home and you're really trying to think, you know, where do I need to go? Uh, a lot of times I think about in time frame. So if you're thinking this is something I can you see a doctor for in a day or two, that's probably a really good reason to go to the urgent care. So you fell, you hurt yourself. You're like, you know what? I really don't think a bone's sticking out of my leg. I think, I, I think it might be broken, maybe not. That's a good time to go to the urgent care. If it's something where you're, you, it's something where you're deciding, hmm, should I call 911 or go to the urgent care, that's probably not the right place to go. If it's something where you can't breathe, you feel like you're having a heart attack, a stroke, head trauma to where you're really feeling something funny, uh, we, just, we don't have a CT. Right. And an, so we, so abdominal pain, head trauma, um, those things are really best served at the hospital. That is a true emergency. Right. That's right. why you put that right. adjective in front of that room. Uh, not meaning to make light, but, I mean, that's that's very descriptive of what that room is for at the hospital. Okay. So you said uh, in the very first answer you talked about the rise of the urgent care. There's, there's many of them around. Mm -hmm. So let me ask the question, what kind of differentiates uh, and what are some of the benefits that patients would receive when they choose Eastside Urgent Care? Yeah, and... And it is, yeah. Each urgent care will kind of have its own flavor. I mean, each one has their personalities. They're in different locations. Um, and the part that I like about Eastside the most is we're really trying to make um, access to a larger area than just the hospital. And so incorporating Eastside urgent cares is a very strategic move. So we have access to people all around the hospital. So if you look on a map and you see our urgent cares, you're going to notice the hospital is kind of right in the middle. And it's almost like spokes on a wheel that within five or ten minutes, we've positioned each of the urgent cares around that area. 
so that you have at least a primary zone that you can go to so it's pretty easy access. So if you do need to go to the hospital, it is within very reasonable time frames to get there. So the, the next will be is um, the fact that that offers us the backing of Eastside Hospital. So when it comes to referral process, um, we're really trying to use an integrated approach where it's not just you come to see us, you go home, but really do want to make sure that you have follow-up if you need it, place referrals. Um, if you do need to go to the hospital, we can send you to a place that we know you're going to get care. So a lot of those things are, I think, even better than just the standalone urgent cares um, because those are challenges that, you know, when it comes to follow-up and someone to call you in return, they can. But when it comes to us referring you out to our network, we really try to make that a priority. Does, uh, when it comes to urgent care as a whole, so let me ask you a question about the entire industry. Yeah. Is it is it a requ- is there a requirement of having at least one doctor on staff? Does it have to be a particular type of doctor? Talk about some of the requirements in order sure. to put urgent care on the sign. Yeah, a lot of times we do have both a mixture of physicians as well as mid levels nurse practitioners or um, other type other type of nurse practitioner areas. So we do have um, the capacity to see people, but just like the primary care, you have a physician. Then you also have the ancillary staff and mid levels that are also giving you care as well. And it's always going to be with the access of having a primary of a supervisory role of physician above them. How many, uh, so again, again, talking about the industry and talking about differences between Eastside urgent care and other urgent cares. I- I've driven by some urgent cares that I've looked at and think, man, they must have like three rooms in a closet or something. Um, what's the capacity uh, at Eastside urgent care? And is it the same at each location or close to the same at each location? And that's going to be based on volume, and because we've been opening for the past two and a half, almost three years now, um, and as we expand, you know, our, our patient volumes will allow us to have about one provider, front desk, and staff in the back with us. So as we expand, as more people come, we'll obviously can expand to have more providers at one clinic. But in general, right now, we have about one provider um, per clinic, and based on our volumes currently, that keeps our wait times down really low. Oh, okay. So you said really low. Do you actually have a number you can give our listeners? Or is that because and the reason I asked that is because True. one of the very first interviews we had mm. with Eastside, they were we were I was blown away that on the Eastside website for the medical center, they have a timer of how long it takes to be seen in the emergency room. So ah, that's do you good. have an average? That's good. So in general, what we try to do is keep the door-to-door times less than an hour. Okay. And we're pretty yeah, we're pretty fair. happy that we are usually underneath that point. Great. Great. And that's a reasonable expectation, right? Right. If I go to an urgent care and I get out within an hour, I, you know, that, that should be, if I want better than that or if I want a lot better than that, I might be a little unreasonable <laughs> to, to have diagnosis and treatment and right. to be seen and all that. And, and that's where we try to keep the averages around. And, of course, in after school during busier times that they're in the close <laughs> when you have a lot of people walking the door at the same time. Traffic is traffic, whether it's it, an urgent care or on 85. <laughs> exactly. That's why I say average. <laughs> you know, because yeah. it was an hour and 10 minutes in my, yeah. So, okay. That's fair. That's fair. I, I hear what you're saying very <laughs> clearly. You have, you have uh, handled yourself well in that question. <laughs> We're talking with uh, Dr. Josh Bellman. Uh, he is the medical director at Eastside Urgent Care. Uh, I want to take just a second and remind everybody that Gwinnett Business Radio is cared for 
uh, by Eastside Medical Center. Quality care close to home. Eastside Medical Center has been a community health care leader for over 39 years, nationally recognized for patient safety. Eastside focuses on delivering quality care with exceptional outcomes by using the most advanced technology and experienced physicians. For more information on Eastside's system of care, visit eastsidemedical.com. And that's what we're doing here today on today's show, because Dr. Josh Bellman is part of that system, which includes the urgent care. Um, we talked briefly, uh, you gave a great answer about some of the reasons why someone would go visit in urgent care. Um, what are some of the most, and, and I guess just as a refresher, let's go back to that topic. Sure. The most common illnesses and injuries that you guys treat, you talked about lacerations, you talked about asthma. It's kind of that it's not an emergency, but it's also not, oh, just rub some dirt on it or put some rubbing alcohol and put a <laughs> bandaid on it and go sit down and you know watch the latest thing on Netflix. So you're in between those two spectrums. I would imagine there are also some seasonal things. And so mm -hmm. I'm going to get into the topic of flu shots oh, and, yeah. and flu season, right? So, so a lot of times it's, I think I might be coming down with the flu or coming down with something. I need to go there. Um, so do you see some seasonal things? Do you see a lot of rashes in the summer? And a lot, I mean, talk a little bit yeah. about that. Yeah, it does. It does have its ebbs and flows. Cause of course, summertime people are outside doing a lot more things, a lot more insect bites, sprained ankles, um, wrist injuries, um, not as many cough and colds, um, but when it does come to, of course, the school's back in season, so that means all the We're bugs. We're all put back in our <laughs> rooms with 30 people. And if you have children, you know that they, germ theory didn't really, they don't get it as fully as us, they, germs and snot and boogers, they, they share them all. And we then as parents get to then <laughs> reap the rewards from now being exposed to an entire school as they bring home more things. So, yes, it's the, the season of being sick is upon us. Yeah. Flu season's coming. Um, winter is approaching. <laughs> <laughs> and Dr. Josh Bellman just said booger on Business Radio X. So <laughs> I, I, am, I feel like this is already a hugely successful show. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about flu season. And, sure. and let's, go down a, let's go down a little rabbit trail when it comes to getting your flu shot. Absolutely. It, it, we are definitely in that advertising season. And I, I use that word purposefully. Uh, that it is it is a huge cry of the medical community that people should get their flu shot. Right. Talk about the benefits uh, of doing that. And and I will kind of preface this by what 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 is the general perception of flu and why is why do people think that it's do for your opinion actually sure, sure. do do people think the influenza is is dangerous. Do you think that people get that? Or do you think it's more just like a bad cold? So that's a great question. Wow, you asked me a great question. I would say that my general perception, probably because I've never had full-blown influenza, um, I've been told in my lifetime, you got a touch of flu. Mm. Uh, you, got a, you got a bad cold that might border on a flu. Uh, so I've probably been preconditioned to think that the flu is is bad, but it's not life threatening to me because whenever it's been brought up or whenever I've been thought to quote unquote have it, it's really just been I'm laid up for a couple of days. I take some Theraflu and and I sweat it out or whatever, and I'm okay. And when it comes to the flu shot, um, how how what do you think people's perception of the flu shot is in terms of they're they're breaking down the doors to get it? They're like, sure. oh my goodness. So, I'll, so okay, so uh, open, tra open confession, I've never had a flu shot. Um, the, the comments I've heard, and this is anecdotal, but I've either heard, well, I got the flu shot and then I got the flu, mm -hmm. uh, or I've heard, um, 
I've got the, I definitely get your flu shot, get your flu shot, get your flu shot. And when I've heard people who say that a lot, usually they had the flu or they had someone who had it very seriously. So my anecdotal evidence has been, it's one of those things where if I've never, if it's never affected me, I probably don't think about it much. And And the last thing I'll say, and almost every time I bring this up with anyone in the healthcare industry, it's a, but there's also the issue of cost. Right. Right. So I'm not going to get that because that's just there's a cost to it and I'm between insurance or whatever. So and that's actually great because this is where I personally think the medical community, we really haven't been able to articulate uh, what we see in, in from our side, because if if you perceive this as a deadly illness that kills people, especially children and older adults, and you've been on the respiratory floor and you've been in the hospital when there's just tons of people with flu that are on the are getting oxygen, they're having pulmonary respiratory care, then you're, or even if you had a loved one that had a, a child that actually suffered, and some people even pass away, the, it would really revolutionize how serious you think it could be. And it's also, immunizations in general are really hard to sell, because it's like, hey, here, I'm going to give you something that's going to make your shoulder hurt, it's going to maybe make you feel not good in the, for the next couple of days, and if it works, you're going to feel nothing. <laughs> right, right. You, you'll forget that you had it. and you, you, you Right. And, and that's the problem. Is you the don't feel better, you just don't feel bad, exactly. right? Exactly. And so the easiest medicine that we can give is when you feel bad, we fix something. And a lot of people love that about medicine. And it's a very powerful tool. Mm. But the other side of the tool is prevention. Right. And that's just, it's the invisible hero. I usually joke if you cloned you, and I gave one the flu shot, one not, and we had each of them go through your day touch all the doorknobs and rub your eyes and and then one that didn't get the flu shot got sick and one that didn't get it you'd be like oh this is really easy this is a no-brainer obviously i don't want to get sick and so i want to get it but of course i don't have that capacity really so we have to use data so we've got two scoops one you're opening a fifth urgent care and right. two joshua josh bellman dr josh bellman has admitted he can't clone me <sighs> which which everyone's grateful for that but he can't clone any of you so sorry so i mean if we belabor the point a little bit i just so influenza, I just want to make sure a couple, a couple things are clear. One, that it's not the stomach bug. So people say, I've had, okay. a, I've had the flu. Yeah. And the name a lot of times means many different things. So what we're talking about is influenza, the H1N1, H3N2, very specific subtypes of upper respiratory infections that cause a lot of havoc in some certain populations as well as other people. And there's a lot of people that can't get them or are really at risk that really can kill them. And so I just lightly went on the CDC website because all the data is available. But, of course, you probably don't go read the CDC website in your spare time. I don't. It's not a good – I mean, if you want to go to sleep really well. Right. But just – it's just it, – if you're looking at the data and you said, hey, I have something that can prevent three to 4,000 deaths a year, that can prevent 70,000 to 100,000 people from being hospitalized from serious respiratory illness, or even – what is it uh, – 4.3 million visits from 2011 to 2016 were attributed to basically just influenza. To hospitals or urgent care? Outpatient. Or, uh, okay, so, so goes, all things. Okay. So like 16 million outpatient yeah. visits. Wow. 700,000 hospitalization visits in five years. So just, it, it's a big deal. So influenza, the, the, the actual um, illness that the flu shot is designed to, to combat against yes. is... Um, Give the exact description again that you said it's an upper respiratory. Yeah, and, and if you'll believe me, I'll touch. I love to sure. talk a little about the physiology because then it just makes it so much more clear. Yeah. So in your lungs, you have this lining of tissue that 
the influenza virus is attacking directly. And so the nose, the throat, but the lungs too. And when this virus gets inside, the body has a bad choice. It can see either A, it can allow the virus to keep producing because it's using your own cell to do it. So it's like a bad version of a zombie apocalypse. You, the, you, the next door neighbor cell is fine. The next time he's bitten and all of a sudden he's a bad, bad guy producing lots of nasty zombies if he touches the next cell next to him and so forth. So you either A, have to contain it or A, you have to actually destroy that cell. When, you, when the immune system sees this, it destroys the surface layer cells in the lungs to get rid of the, the factory of production for the virus. Okay. If this goes on and it's really bad, let's say you're a small child, or let's say you don't have a lot of capacity in your lungs as an older adult, that means that your vital capacity is very compromised. It gets mucousy, it gets moist, and you need that cell so you can exchange oxygen between your lungs and your blood. Well, if I make that cell not existent, I make it swollen, I make it filled with fluid, you get into something where literally you can't exchange air in your lungs. This is what kills people. Okay. It's called uh, this acute respiratory distress syndrome, ARDS. You have rapid inflammation in your lungs. And again, the vital capacity for small children is much less than the older adult. So when it comes to you and I, we have a better immune system. We're ready. We can fight it off. But immunosuppressed people, older, younger, they can't. And so really, when you look at immunizations as a strategy, you got to think of ourselves as a group of people. Because if you look at it as an individual, it's a bad choice for a shot. It's like, well, I'm going to get a shot. I may or may not have results, and it may or not make me feel better. But if you zoom out and say, out of 1,000 people, me getting a flu shot is going to save somebody's life. Suddenly, the, the, the parameters change. Then you realize that if you did feel a little bit ill from a shot, if you did have a local reaction, even, a, even a, for be it a bad allergic reaction, you're, you're saving someone's life. Okay, so let me let me ask that as a little bit of a, a rabbit hole question. Sure. The the influenza virus it is transmitted not just by people who have. Uh, it, can I have just a little bit of the virus, and I'm not really. It's not really. Mm -hmm knocking me out and putting me in the emergency room, but I can still pass it on to somebody else? So a lot of times we, we have to do a clinical diagnosis. It means you're sick and you're ill. And when you're feeling bad, the, the, the neck ache, the muscle aches, yeah. the overall feeling like you just have the chills, that's actually your immune system activating. So you can inflammatory markers that are being released. And if you have an antibody that's ready, if you had immunization before, you've been exposed to it previously, your immune system gets activated. It contains the infection quickly. And so you may or may not be technically contagious. The fever is going to be the key. A lot of times we make this cutoff point for if you have a febrile illness and you have a nasal congestion, runny nose, and you sneeze, you can aerosolize a million virus particles in a nice mucus cloud. Someone walks by, they breathe that nice mucus viral homogeny thing in your lungs, and then boom, you are a walking contagion. Okay. So, so it, okay. And, and then the last question I wanted to ask is a couple of times you focused on clearly the young and the uh, older of our yes. of our uh, population are most at risk right yet you would also say everyone should get a flu shot and i think it's because you stated that by getting that immunization we are actually helping protect other people from us spreading that contagion that virus precisely right and that's why it's a hard sell you know just advertisement wise because sure. It really hey, is. come get a poke in your arm and maybe a little bit of an allergic reaction or you don't feel great for a couple of days while the, the, while it's working. Right. And, and it Boy, sign me up. Right, exactly. <laughs> it, it, no wonder we have a hard time selling it. 
But at the same time, if you were on the hospital floors, the emergency rooms, right. or you had someone that actually did have a serious reaction to it, yeah. you would be on the front line handing them out at the grocery store. You just, you'd want everyone to get them because there's a, a herd immunity is what we throw around. And in general, if 80% of the population is immunized against something, that you have herd immunity and actually protects the people who didn't really get the flu shot or couldn't get the flu shot. Yeah. There's a couple of reasons why. Um, or you're really, really young, under six months of age, um, are a really at-risk category. Yeah. So, and pregnancy, too. Pregnancy, don't forget about them. They, it also is more severe in those to patient populations. Uh, we've been speaking with Dr. Josh Melman. Uh, we're about to wrap up here in a couple minutes, but I want to cover one more topic. Sure. Uh, so we've talked about the flu, and we've made a couple of, I think, timely a little jokes, but it's no joking matter. And so you've done a great job of explaining why everyone uh, should listen to the the unfortunate uh, at times bad advertising because it's hard it's a hard sell it's right hard it's sell. not bad advertising it's a hard sell but what what a good reason to go get a flu shot um, I'm gonna talk I want to f- close by talking about money uh, I'm an independent financial advisor by day so everything to me comes down to return on investment uh, the one of the biggest reasons why someone should go to an urgent care especially if they're not having an emergency rather than the emergency room is a lot of times the urgent care um, economically makes a lot more sense um, a lot of urgent care stuff can be covered by people's health insurance and everybody needs to know what their health insurance covers and doesn't cover. But urgent care will see anyone anytime, no matter their insurance coverage. Is that a fair statement? We have introvert. We take most insurances. Okay, great. We'll be, we'll just be kind of the baseline. And, there are some and people should look into that before things happen, right? Right. And, okay. and if you have a question, we always are going to check your insurance or tell you before when you call if it's an insurance policy, and we do try to make it as widespread as possible, um, we also do have the self-pay option. Right. That's what I was going to say. So you can see anybody at any time, even if they don't have insurance, if they're willing to self-pay. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And and that w- from there, right, depends on a lot of people that can't get insurance right, or that they are between insurances. When they're between primary care doctors. They switch insurances. There hasn't kicked in yet. Um, it The urgent care is a reasonable place to at least be seen so that you don't let things get worse. Can I, it's, it's a very unfair question for me to ask, well, what does it cost? Cause it really depends, right? Much like a good lawyer would say it depends, right. depends on what you're doing and what you're seeing. But, um, reasonable to say that if, if it's a standard, Hey, I've got a little cut or a sniffle or something, it's not majorly serious, but needs to be seen. Mm-hmm we can do this for a reasonable amount of money, you know, in the realm of under a couple hundred bucks kind of thing. Yeah. Is that fair? That's fair. Okay. So I, and that's one of the things in, in this, in your industry, um, I, I think healthcare has gotten at times a bad rap of it's so expensive. It depends on what you're doing. I mean, if it's really just, I want to see a doctor and I want to look at something, it, it's, it's reasonable when you compare it to the cost of getting my car worked on or getting, and this is my body we're talking about. So if right. you put it in that context, it's really not that ridiculous. And, and I do think that the environment's changing because as premiums go up and we're a lot more cost conscious, these types of options are going to be more important to people yes. because you can then weigh what you're paying for versus what kind of service you're receiving. And the urgent care is kind of actually, on the, I think on the front line of that in terms of being that type of, you, this is what you can expect, and this is what you can get, yeah. and this is a reasonable 
amount of money for it. And I think what's happening, I, here's my opinion. Uh, you came on my show, but I'm going to give you my opinion. <laughs> I, I think what's happening with the rise of urgent care, consumers are becoming a little more educated. Right. They're taking the time and going, what am I paying for? And, and, and can I get it either less expensive or can I get more value for what I'm spending? And I would think... One of the best things about Eastside Urgent Care is because it's tied to the Eastside medical system, there's a little bit of value there for the dollars that's more than just three rooms and a broom closet somewhere else that just slapped <laughs> up a sign. Anyway, okay. Um, Dr. Josh Melman, uh, the website, uh, as I told everybody a little bit earlier, there's eastsidemedical.com, but... They want to know more about Eastside Urgent Care. They can right. go to eastsideuc.com, right? That's right. And you can find it our um, check-in times online. So you can actually sign up online before you come. That way you can kind of see the general wait times in all four of our locations so that you have an expectation of just about how busy we are. So that sometimes you can kind of choose when to come based on... Or get your name in line right, and then you don't have to sit there for two hours. If it's a big wait, if it's right. that traffic time, you can put your name in and then show up before, you know, a few minutes before your appointment. Uh, that's a, man, that's a nice little value add. So eastsideuc.com. Why don't you give everybody the four locations and the scoop we got of the fifth location as well. That's right. So again, we have a location in Lilburn, in Snellville, Grayson, we have in Lawrenceville, and soon Loganville. And as always, you can go to our website, and there have the addresses and check-in times online. Fantastic. Uh, Dr. Josh Bellman with uh, Eastside Urgent Care, thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. I want to remind everybody that uh, hard work pays off. Hard work leads to rewards and opportunities. This business cornerstone is cooked into a career at Waffle House. The recipe is simple. They'll give you the skills to lead a team and take care of customers no matter what your background may be. Then you're off on a great and rewarding career, a career in a place with a family atmosphere that promotes success, inclusion, and a genuine care for customers and teammates. Go to whcareers.com today and learn more. I also want to remind everybody that uh, Gwinnett Business Radio is... Uh, available uh, through our website, Business Radio X. It's also available on your favorite podcasting platform. Just search Gwinnett Business Radio. Uh, please become a subscriber. Leave us a review. Tell us how we're doing. Tell us if there's anybody you want to see us interview on Business Radio X. We might do it. You never know. Uh, but again, I want to thank our guest, Dr. Josh Bellman from Eastside Urgent Care. I want to thank Mike for being a great producer today. Uh, he only had to get on the microphone once. I'm not going to allow him to do it again because I'm going to say for Mike and for Trey, feel better, Trey. This is Stephen Julian saying we'll catch you next time on Gwinnett Business Radio. Gwinnett Place Atlanta features 300 guest rooms, 16,000 square feet of meeting and event space, several dining options including art bar, a gastro pub serving locally inspired fare and cocktails, along with an indoor-outdoor swimming pool and patio, 11 landscaped acres of walking trails, and a convenient location to all the attractions located north of Atlanta. The new Sinesta ES Suites brand offers 81 redesigned studio and one-bedroom extended-stay suites, all filled with ample amenities with full kitchens for longer stays. Visit Sinesta.com backslash Gwinnett to learn more about their two hotels under one roof and all of the offerings for your next getaway, meeting, or event.